This is the Definitely Uncertain Podcast, brought to you by Gold Rock Capital. Each week, we look at how high net worth families can improve their lives, decisions, and investments in a deeply uncertain world. We always aim to provide practical information, even if we can't offer specific investment advice. Welcome, everybody, to uh, the latest episode of Definitely Uncertain, the Gold Rock uh, podcast. And uh, today, we are extremely privileged to have with us uh, Justine Swirling. And um, Justine actually defines herself on LinkedIn, first and foremost, as a proud mum. So I guess that's that's her most important profession. And um, as somebody who's married to one, I can certainly uh, identify with that uh, strongly. But in between that, uh, Justine also uh, represents and, and works for the Stock Exchange. Um, perhaps we'll talk a little bit later about, Justine, your, your specific responsibilities there and so forth. But in addition to that, and I hope we're going to talk a little bit about that as well, you, are, you seem to have just a, an amazing capacity for doing other stuff. So building, connecting, um, it seems to be very much in the nexus between uh, uh, business and women, and and to a certain degree also Middle East, Israel, et cetera, and, and, and other stuff. So maybe we'll get your take around the latest developments uh, in our region. But anyway, first and foremost, it's to welcome you. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. And uh, maybe just start by telling us a little bit about uh, your background, Justine, and we can sort of go from there. I was born and bred in London, as you can hear very clearly, <clears throat> but uh, my family tell me that I now speak transatlantic because I'm married to an American, so I probably have to get some elocution lessons at some point. And I came to Israel over 20 years ago. I studied uh, in Bath. I studied uh, also in the Hebrew U and um, very proud Israeli and British mum. Fantastic. And how, how did you get into the world of, uh, you know, stock markets, capital markets, et cetera? How did that, uh, how did that happen? So I originally, um, I did a lot of work in media um, prior to coming to Israel. Um, and then I also did some work in welfare to, uh, welfare to work to support Israelis back to work, which then I kind of took the model globally. Um, and then I uh, started, I was very privileged uh, to join uh, the British Embassy. So I was able to kind of work with a great team there to support the trade and investment between the two countries. And during that time, uh, I saw a huge potential for Israeli companies to start listing on the London Stock Exchange. Um, and Israelis, you know, they're, they're naturally inclined sometimes to go to the States, but London is actually a very much better place for them, both in terms of the time zones um, and in terms of liquidity and the access to markets. Um, so I started working with the exchange. Uh, I asked, I, you know, brought them to Israel. We had a lot of very successful IPOs. Um, and then I was very privileged to ask to be asked to jump ship, uh, which I did because I'd, um, you know, given my service indirectly to the Queen for a number of years, which was wonderful. Uh, but it was time to to have a new adventure. So I feel very privileged every day to work for the exchange. That's amazing. And uh, you know, for, for those of us who've watched the uh, the the relationship between Israeli companies and startups and the UK capital markets, it's had its uh, it's had its ebbs and flows and ups and downs. Um, where, where are we holding at the moment? Uh, is there a sort of steady stream of 
of Israeli businesses looking uh, to, to exit or to IPO into London? Yes. Or are we one of yes, the parents? What, what, how, what are we seeing at the moment? We're having a really good period. Um, last year, a number of things happened which were incredibly exciting. Um, first of all, we had a, an IPO for a cyber company, Brandshield, in December. Also, um, as well as my day job with the IPOs, uh, I also work with other units uh, in the exchange because we're a very large group. So FTSE Russell um, welcomed Israel to the index, which is a huge, incredible privilege. We also raised uh, billions of bonds for the Israeli government for the, with the Ministry of Finance. And uh, the London Clearinghouse also started swapping shekels. So it was a very good year. Um, and this year, we've got lots of exciting things to come. Uh, there's been lots of different messages in the press, but I, I, I see um, it's it's all good, you know, it's really but, good. So you raise a really interesting point, which is I think most people, even within the uh, financial arena, they think about the London Stock Exchange and they think about Israel and it's all about, you know, our tech companies or, or, or businesses trying to, to go live and access capital there. But actually what you're telling us is that the... Relation, the sort of capital relationship between Israel and, and the London markets is, is much wider and actually much broader um, and deeper than, than maybe first uh, meets the eye. Other things that we're not yet doing between the two, uh, between Israel and, and, and sort of London and the capital markets that we could be doing, we haven't really fully uh, utilized. I think you know, there's, there's also an angle that it's, it probably, you know, it, along along uh, coming back to market and raising more capital. So we've seen, we've got some amazing companies on market. Um, you know, we've got Cape, which is a cyber company. They raised a lot through primary, uh, primary bid. Uh, we also had them coming back to market to raise other sums on AIM. We had BATM, which is a medical device company, also coming back to market. So what we've seen during COVID especially is that, a, the London Stock Exchange is a fabulous place to list. B, it's a very secure and your ability to come back to market to raise more funds has been, you know, really very seamless. So the markets have worked very well during this really very difficult time. Just uh, uh, um, to close the circle, I was actually a board director of BATM 20 years ago. Amazing. That's incredible. And my dad, before he passed away, who's just behind me here. He was oh. when they uh, when they floated in the uh, mid nineties. So we Amazing. Have a long, a long, a long history. Okay, well that, that's all good stuff about the uh, commercial side, and maybe we'll come back to that a bit later. I want to hear a little bit about uh, some of the other uh, uh, not for profit uh, work that you do because it, it sounds really exciting to me. Um, I think one of the things which jumped out to me is is, is what you call the Jewish Women's Network. I'm um, really yes. interested to know why you set it up, what it's for, you know, who, who's actually involved in that? What, what is the purpose of that organization? Sure. Well, first of all, um, the most amazing woman, Diane Cote, she is our, our chief risk officer. She began a women's inspired network in about 2016 because she realized that women really need a platform. They need, you know, their sisterhood. They need people who can lift them, support them out, out, out of the, you know, that kind of cycle where you get trapped in sometimes where you, you can't go up. So we started this amazing community led by Diane and um, 
you know, really she's my huge inspiration every day in my life. Um, and um, it was about two and a half, three years ago where I kind of had this um, enlightened moment uh, where I sat in my garden having a cup of tea, realizing I'm, I'm a very busy mom. I do a lot for nonprofit, love my job, love my kids, but there's something missing for me about being able to connect Jewish women together. Mm -hmm. And um, I did a very kind of ad hoc um, lunch and breakfast in my garden. And I invited women from tech, from cyber, from med tech, um, you know, from all different regions. Also people who weren't out of work, um, mums who were at home, who were feeling a bit discouraged about their career. And we all got together. And the beauty of it was the first question was, who are you and what do you do? And then the next question was, how can, how can I help? So it all started in a very organic way. Hmm. And I came to Diane and I said, Diane, you know, I would love to, within the London Stock Exchange, create this very special network. And it basically ballooned from there. And we are very privileged to host about, wow, I think it was about 250 Jewish women from all over the world. Hmm. Um, from Gibraltar, from South Africa, from America, from Switzerland, from Israel, you know, from Britain. Um, and we were privileged to open the stock exchange as Jewish women, as proud mothers, as career women. And from then, there's been many, many different events um, that we've had together and uh, beautiful things have happened, you know, partnerships, business partnerships, long-term friendships, supporting women who don't have confidence because I think something that I bang on about an awful lot is um, imposter syndrome mm -hmm. um, so I'm very privileged to um, work with the lady who actually wrote imposter syndrome she's oh, wow. called Claire Jossa Okay. And I highly recommend that everybody goes onto her website because she does these beautiful podcasts and it just gives you enormous energy. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the short of it. I, I, I can say confidently that um, uh, imposter syndrome is not limited only to... Uh, Correct. I often Correct. feel... Often it's open for We have great people on, on the podcast and other people that I have the privilege to meet, as you say, thinking, wow, why are they even spending time talking to me they've got so many other oh, uh, many other important things to be doing but yeah I, I, I identify with that uh, um, strongly when you are sort of balancing between all of the different aspects of, of, of your life your professional life the personal life the not-for-profit uh, and so forth do you find that it is um, you know do you, do you sort of look at it if we sort of take it from the financial world it's a kind of portfolio approach how do you uh, how do you manage to actually split up the time and resource and effort and what sort of different um benefits does it give you all the different aspects uh, of your life the reason i ask the question is a lot of the people that that see this uh podcast they themselves are managing within a sort of family office or a family business environment actually in the second and often the third generation how to uh, uh balance creating meaning uh within their own lives between do i focus on the family business do i build a new business should i be involved in philanthropy I think understanding how people uh, uh, balance that and, and maybe also integrate those things together, I think can be really helpful for other people to, uh, to hear about. 
Sure. Um, well, I haven't got it perfected, but I can tell you briefly what I do. Um, so first of all, I'm, I'm highly dyslexic and I only discovered that in my mid thirties. Um, and for me, yeah. And all the time throughout life, I just thought I'm nice, but dim, um, and really struggled with some conventional things, but, um, during my 20s, I invested in doing a time management course, uh, which, because I'm dyslexic, still helps me today. Um, so I think what, what I do is I'm very, very old school, and um, I use something that probably nobody has anymore, a pen and a notepad. Um, and I every month or two months, I write down my aspirations, both professionally um, and then both obviously and, and personally and I look back at that and I say to myself this is what I said last month how can I make this happen and you know very much by affirmations I mean I'm kind of like a, a bit of a hippie in a way um, but I think you know that that really helps me I um I you're wake far, up very you're early too young. you're far too young to be a hippie that's not oh I'm, I'm not young I'm not young <laughs> um I wake up very early. Um, first thing I do is before I open my eyes, I say thank you, um, gratitude um, for everything that I have, for my family, um, to give me energy for this new day. Um, I usually start working before the kids are awake. Um, and then I make sure to prioritize the time to give them hugs and kisses uh, in their fluffy pajamas, make them breakfast, be with them. Uh, that's always been a, a, a big part of me as being a mother and bringing my whole self to work. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that that's another element about, yes, I do work in the city, but I bring my whole self to work. Um, and have, so you, for me, have, you seen the, have you seen the work environment change to accommodate that in the, in the sort of during your professional? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I wasn't one of the first girls in the city, but I can introduce you to a few who were, who mm -hmm. had a, a jolly difficult time. But the exchange is an incredible melting pot, you know, um, with driving diversity, neurodiversity all the time. So I, I feel very privileged to work there. But in terms of my nonprofit work, um, for me, that's um, that's part of my veins. That's who I am. It's like the Yorkshire tea I drink in the morning. And how can I put my strategic energy behind something and, and help? So I work with um, probably four or five different charities. Um, Vibe Israel is an, a sensational, um, I don't know if you know anything about Vibe Israel, but I suggest that's, you. That's um, uh, Joanna. That's Joanna, yes. Oh, yes, yes. So I've been with her since the beginning. Um, and um, you know, we've, we should we've done we have Joanna on. You, ha you will have to uh, tell her to come on. I will definitely get her on. Yes, She's awesome. Yeah, so we've been able to gently rebrand Israel through you know, fun, no politics. You know, we did this amazing thing by bringing five famous dogs over to Israel with their little coats and their jewelry and everything, and each dog had a 16 million followers. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's just scary. Yeah, it is. Um, so Vibe Israel is one. Um, I also do a lot of stuff for the Guide Dog Center. Mm. I have a blind friend who is actually 
my biggest inspiration of my life. He's called Avi Solomon. He's Ethiopian. He lives in Bet Shemesh. Oh, he's, he's him. a runner. Yes. Yeah, yes. I see, I see him out running uh, fairly regular. One of his running uh, partners is a, is a neighbor of mine. Yes, exactly. So we're, we're, he's we're very close to that. And um, he's my brother. And mm-hmm. he was um, really, I can't explain to you what meeting Abby did for me. You know, we used to be trained buddies. We speak all the time. I'm bringing him to London to do the marathon. We, we did the wow. marathon uh, also a few years ago in London. Um, so yeah, and helping get more um, blind people guide dogs. That's amazing. Um, let, let's 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 move now to uh, something else. You 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 obviously, um, as you said, you mentioned that the exchange itself has got you know strands in all sorts of you know connections in almost every important uh, center in the world, and of course employs people that presumably come from all those different places. You've seen also. Uh, 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 male entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, international entrepreneurs. Um, what do you think is the difference when you look at the uh, the women that you've met in Israel and are working within their professional field and their sort of peers um, in the UK? Are they just the same as the as the sort of bloke entrepreneurs in Israel relative to the rest of the world? Or are they bringing something uh, different to that game as well? Uh, well, you know, as you know, we Israelis are very feisty, so um, yes, I, we, had um, I had noticed. Yes, so I think the ability—I mean, for for women in general, uh, the ability to multitask—we all have that. We it's part of our DNA, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know the Israeli women um, very much understood quite a while back around the boys' club and how to create the girls' club and how to support each other and to build our different groups of sisterhoods. And then, you know, because Israelis, you know, you know, it's like you meet somebody and then all of a sudden you're being WhatsApped by them at two o'clock in the morning. Um, so we are, we're problem solvers. And when the door is closed, we go through the window. And I, I, interestingly, you, you make a really important point here. And, and again, for people who are not from Israel, the in the high tech and entrepreneurial arenas, uh, most of the men, it, whether they actually were or they were with somebody else, their their kind of uh, route to becoming entrepreneurs is almost exclusively male. It'll be you know army driven or something else where really there's been very little uh, female activity. And uh, as you say, they act almost like a um, a boys club together. It has been very powerful, I think, for for the Israeli entrepreneurial scene. But I can see that that would create a special challenge for females who wanted to be entrepreneurs in Israel. Good to see that they are, you know, as you say, you know, instead of coming through the door, they'll make the window into the door as well. Um, Don't worry, we're changing all of that, especially for our children. It's very important. That's terrific. Um, Maybe one last um, um, thing for us to talk about today. Um, I'd love to be able to leave the people watching and listening with uh, um, some practical stuff. You've been through a tremendous amount on the, on the business side and on the not-for-profit side. You're very active, obviously, in empowering other women to you know, do as much as they can on, on both of those uh, arenas. Can you share some top tips that have really helped you? You've mentioned that you know, I'm, I'm amazed that you, you find the time once a month to sit down and, and you know, note for yourself, these are the places I need. That's the, 
that's where I'm going to put into my personal ways for the next month. And this is how I'm going to get there. And then check and see whether you've come back. Are there some key things that you could share with us on that? Well, I wrote on my my post-it yesterday, goals for this month, uh, continue to inspire, create networks, mentor, give and giggle globally. Wow. I don't think there's any other anything I could possibly add to that. Justine, it has been an incredible privilege to have you on. I am sure we will have you back again to talk about other things which are going on. We didn't get to talk today about uh, what's going on in the Gulf and all that stuff I know you're involved with. So I'd love to talk to you about our new sisters over there next time. Okay, we're definitely going to have you back and talk about uh, uh, developments in the Middle East. Justine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Remember, if you've got any uh, questions or follow-up, please email us or just drop us a note. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.